0: CHAPTER 6 OF THE WONDERFUL WIZARD OF OZ This is a Liver recording. All Liver recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit liverbox.org. THE WONDERFUL WIZARD OF OZ by L. FRANK um. CHAPTER 6 THE CALLERY LINE At this time, Dorsey and companions had been walking through the sick woods. The road was still paved with see brick. But these were much covered by dried branches and dead leaves from the trees, and the walking was not all good. There were a few birds in this part of the forest, for the birds love the open country where there is plenty of sunshine. But now and then came a deep growl from some wild animal hidden in the trees. These sounds made the girl's heart beat fast, for she did not know what made them. But Toto knew, and he was close to Dorsey's side and did not even bark in return. Ha! How long will it be? The child asked the Tin man, before we had uh, the force. I cannot tell, was the answer, for I have never been to the Emerald City. But my father went there once when I was a boy, and he said it was a long journey through a dangerous country. Although nearer to the city where Oz dwells, the country is beautiful. But... I am not afraid so long as I have my earl can, and nothing can hurt the Scarecrow, while you bear upon your forehead the mark of the Good Witch's Kiss, and that will protect you from harm." "'But Toto,' the girl said anxiously, will protect him." "'We must protect him ourselves if he is in danger,' replied the wood Man, just as he spoke. There came from the forest a terrible roar. And the next moment a great lion bound onto the road. With one blow of his paw he sent the scarecrow spinning over and over the edge of the road. And then he struck the tin woodman with his sharp claws. But to the lion's surprise, he could make no impression on the tin, although the woodman fell over in the road and still lie still. Little Turtle, now the inanimate face, ran barking toward the lion, and the great beast had opened his mouth to bite the dog when Dorsey fearing Toto would be killed, and heedless of danger rushed forward and slapped the lion upon his nose as hard as she could, while she cried out, Don't you dare bite Toto. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, a big beast like you, to bite a poor little dog. I didn't bite him, said the lion as he rubbed his nose with his paw where Dorsey had hit him. No, but you tried to, she retorted. You're nothing but a big coward. I know it said the lion, hanging his head in shame. I've always known it, but how could I help it? I don't know, I'm sure. Just think of you striking a stuffed man like the poor scarecrow. Is he stuffed? asked the lion in surprise, as he watched her pick up the scarecrow and set him upon his feet while she patted him in the shape of him. Of course he's stuffed, replied Dorsey, who was still angry. That's why he went over so easily, remarked the lion. It astonished me to see him roar around so. Is the other one stuffed also? No, said Dorothy. He's made out of tin, and she helped the woodman up again. That's why he nearly blunted my club, said the lion. When I scratched against the tin, it made a cold shiver run down my back. Where's that little animal you are so tender of? He has my dog, Toto, answered Dorothy. Is he made of tin or stuffed? Asked the lion. Neither. He's a, a, a meat dog, said the girl. Oh, he's a curious animal. He's remarkably small, that I look at him. No one would think of biting such a thing, <laughs> except a coward like me, continued the lion sadly. What makes you a coward? Asked Dorsey, looking at the great beast in wonder, for he was as big as a small horse. It's a mystery, replied the lion. I suppose I was born that way. All the other animals in the forest naturally expect me to be brave. For the lion is everywhere thought to be the king of beasts. I learned that if I roared very loudly, every living thing was frightened and got out of my way. Whenever I met a man, I've always been awfully scared. But I just roared at him, and he was always running away as fast as he could go. If the elephants and tigers and bears had ever tried to fight me, I should have run away myself. I'm such a coward. But as soon as they hear me roar, they all try and get away from me. And of course I let them go. But that isn't right. The king of the beast shouldn't be a coward, said the scarecrow. I know it, returned the lion, wiping a tear from his eye with the tip of his tail. It is my great sorrow and makes my life very unhappy. But whenever there is danger, my heart begins to beat so fast. Perhaps you have heart disease said the Tin Woodman. It may be, said the lion. If you have, continued the Tin Woodman, you ought to be glad, it proves you have a heart. For my part, I have no heart, so I cannot have heart disease. Perhaps, said the lion softly, if I had no heart, I should not be a coward. Have you brains? asked the Scarecrow. I suppose so. I never look to see, replied the lion. I'm going to great Oz to ask him to give me some, remarked the Scarecrow, for my head is stuffed with straw. And I'm going to ask him to give me a heart, said the Woodman. And I'm going to ask him to send Toto and me back to Kansas, added Dorsey. Do you think Oz could give me some courage, asked the Cowardly Lion. Just these easy could give me brains, said the Scarecrow. Or me a heart, said the Tin Woodman i send them back to Kansas,' said Dorsey. "'Then, if you don't mind, I'll go with you,' said the lion. "'For my life is simply unbearable without a bit of courage.' "'You will be very welcome,' answered Dorsey. "'For you will need to help to keep the wild wild beasts away. "'It seems to me they must be very cowardly than you are "'if you allow them to scare them so easily.' "'They really are,' said the lion.' But that doesn't make me any braver, and as long as I know myself to be a coward, I shall be unhappy. So once more, the little company set off upon their journey. The lion was walking with stately strides at Dorsey's side. Toto did not approve of this new comment at first, for he could not forget how he had nearly been crushed between the lion's great jaws. But after a time, he came to be more at ease, and presently, Toto and the Cowdery Iron had grown to be good friends. During the rest of the day, there was no other adventures to mar the peace of their journey. Once, indeed, the Tin Woodman stepped upon a beetle that was crawling along the road and killed the poor little thing. This made the Tin Woodman very unhappy, for he was always careful not to hurt any living creature, and as he walked along, he wept several tears of great sorrow and regret. These tears ran slowly down his face, And over his hinges of his jaw, and they nearly rusted. When Dorsey presently asked him a question, the woodman could not move his mouth, for his jaws were tightly rusted together. Mm -mm. He became greatly frightened at this, and made many motions to Dorsey to relieve him. But she could not understand. The lion was also puzzled to know what was wrong, but the scarecrow seized the oil can from Dorsey's basket and oiled the woodman's jaws. So a few minutes later, he could talk as well as before. This will serve a lesson, said he. Look where I step, for if I shall kill another bug or beetle, I shall surely cry again, and crying rusts my jaws so I cannot speak. Therefore, he walked very carefully with his eyes on the road, and when he saw a tiny ant tolling by, he would step over it so as not to do it harm. The tin woodman knew very well he had no heart and therefore he took great care never to be cruel or unkind to anything. You people with hearts, he said, have something to guide you and never need do wrong. But I have no heart, so I must be very careful when Oz gives me a heart. Of course I needn't mind so much. End of chapter 6